This is a Rooster Teeth production. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of annual pass this is the podcast where we talk about all things theme parks if it happens in a theme park ride shows attractions snacks special events anything like that it happens here on annual pass i am your host jack patillo and of course i'm joined always by my beautiful lovely and talented co-host bk and jeff ramsey hi guys hey. hello hi how are you i'm i'm sad because Jeff, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> we're not. We're. We're. we're we have Baby rearranged a little bit today because we have a special guest on today, Jeff. We That's have, true. We have Mally on the show. Hi, Mally. Hey. Hi, Mally. Welcome, Hello. Mally. Today is got, going to talk to us about Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, you are a lore aficionado when it comes to Halloween Horror Nights, right? Yes, I very much am. It comes from me being a kid and growing up in Kansas and absolutely not being able to go to Halloween Horror Nights, <laughs> but being deeply obsessed. So I would go down all of the rabbit holes and I would click every. Everywhere on the websites back when websites had flash. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. all the like, ARGs yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. I never got to do any of the ARG things, but yeah, I've always been a nut for horror and I used to go to my home park. Uh, Worlds of Fun actually has a oh. very very much smaller scale version of Halloween <laughs> Horror Nights, um, Halloween Haunt, and I would go every year. So this was like my dream of someday doing it bigger and better and finally getting to go to the like mecca probably of halloween horror nights oh, man yeah I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you today about halloween horror nights i have so many things real quick though let's get through some housekeeping uh don't forget follow us on all the all the social media annual underscore pass and annual pass pod over on tiktok and uh yeah we got some stuff going up there pretty soon we got some new stuff not just yes. like my news segments we actually have some proper tiktok things jeff there's a Yay. There, there's Content. an Epcot thing. It's super cute. It's me staring at an Epcot ball. I saw it. You saw it. It's, yeah. It looks, it looks good. It's, it's going to be over on uh, Annual Pass Pod on TikTok. And uh, and yeah, make sure to grab some stuff in the store. We have some new merchandise. We've got some, or we got our, our spooky merchandise coming yes. soon. The I Survived the Annual Pass Pod cast t-shirt. <laughs> Jeff, you wore that I think last week, right? I did, I did. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you can grab that. It's going to be in the store. Also, our uh, our little our spooky icon <gasps> Oh yeah, I'm ready for that one. Apparently it's in production right now. That's exciting. I'm Frankenstein. I think Jeff, are you Dracula, I think? Or I, for, I, I for, We got I, ben, ben is Wolfman. <laughs> Beaks, your bride of Frankenstein. Bride you of look Frankenstein. awesome with the sweet hair. That's going to be up in the store. Store.roosty.com. Remember, all of that merchandise supports this show. So please, if you want to support us, grab some shirts and maybe grab like, you know, 10 shirts for your friends and just <laughs> spread them around and tell everyone to listen to Annual Pass Podcast as well. So, uh, but thank you so much. Here we go. Mally, <laughs> let's dive into it now because yes. we have a lot to get into about Halloween Horror Nights. I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that I've been to Halloween Horror Nights twice. I went last year uh, for Halloween Horror Nights 30, and I went in 2005 <laughs> for Halloween Horror Nights 15. So just like a couple years in between, right? Yeah, well, just a little gap. But it's funny because there is, I'm, I'm sure you know all about this, but there is the Terra Queen, I believe is her name. Oh, yeah. And she only comes out every 15 years. And literally, I happen to nail the two times she's shown up. She was in a, uh, I think she was actually the, like the lead of Halloween Horror Nights 15. No. So oh, that is, that is an interesting thing. <laughs> Here we go. Thing. Let's do this. So okay. she was intended to be the lead of Halloween okay. Halloween Horror Nights 15, and then marketing said, uh, I don't know if that's going to sell. That's kind of like deep lore, and I don't know that we want to like lead with sacrifices. Uh -huh. um, that's I mean, maybe, you, you always lead with sacrifices. Right, exactly. Right? I feel like you got to know what you're getting into. So they created the storyteller as their <sighs> marketing icon, basically. And that's it's the older grandma-looking kind yes. of woman. That's right, yeah, because the, I remember going through the storyteller house. It was horrifying. It was like a child's nightmare. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the, the probably the scariest thing I've ever seen at any haunted house ever, Halloween Horror Nights, anything like that, was in the storyteller's house. You round a corner, because you go, it's like a Victorian kind of style house, okay. and you go inside, you're wandering around. And at one point, you rounded a corner, and it was a hallway full of doors that were open away from you. Mm -hmm. And so you had to walk past them, and you couldn't see into now, them. That, for some reason, that was the most Sounds like that drama, Jack. Thing so what, ever. what Jack is is not filling you in on is the 15-year gap was because he had an accident in his pants <laughs> at year 15. It took him, took him a decade and a half to build that, up Jeffrey. enough, build up <laughs> a lot of therapy uh, to build up enough uh, bravery to go back in. Was it the doors that caused the it was uh, they also the issue? They did a thing too where they had uh, like at one point I think you went up a staircase or there just was a staircase and there was someone standing on the banister okay literally on the top banner mm -hmm. like a little like a little circle they were standing yeah, yeah. on it and they had a bungee cord attached to their I'm back good. so they would <laughs> lean down I'm, and I'm get like good. face to face with you and then spring back up it was it was awesome it was awesome yeah. 
I just realized before we before we get super into this, <laughs> yeah. we should mention that Halloween Horror Nights started last week, September second. So we're actually recording this the day before Halloween Horror Nights opens in Florida, but it is now open and available. If you want to go to Halloween Horror Nights, where I mean, I imagine we're going to mostly talk about Universal Florida because they do it really big there. But I'm sure there's some spillover for Hollywood as well, and mm-hmm. I think Japan might even have its own lore. But we'll we'll ask you about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Mally or Jeff, do you have a question? I do, mm-hmm. Mally. You you said I believe you said you're from Kansas. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're from Kansas and you're a landlocked Kansas, very far away from, mm-hmm. from Halloween Horror Nights, mm-hmm. how did you discover it? I think I had, I actually grew up, uh, I was in a military family, so okay. I did spend some time in Key West, Florida. Ah. Um, and so right before we moved to Kansas, our last thing was we went to Disney, but I think it was, I guess it must have been around September because... It was hurricane season. Um, and I think we drove past some of the billboards when we were driving like up into Florida mm-hmm. and then driving all the way up into Kansas. Um, and I've always been like a huge horror geek. So for me, it was that thing that I was like six years old and there was no way my parents were ever going to take me. So I was like, <laughs> I have access to the internet now. I'm going to look it up. And I just kind of kept up with it throughout the years. I see. Yeah. Jeff, remember when you were six and had access to the internet too? I was, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think about that one too. Yep. <laughs> Carbon dating myself a little here. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's dive into it. Let's talk about the, the lore of Halloween Horror Nights. So mm-hmm. for those of you who might not know, Halloween Horror Nights obviously has been going for 31 years wow. in Orlando, technically That's more than that, but because of COVID and stuff. It's 31 years they've celebrated it. And there is a narrative that has they've they've, you know, initially kind of started, just kind of had fun with it. And then they slowly started adding in these narrative elements to it where things carry over. So like last year, we had uh, Halloween Horror Nights icons, I think Unleashed, I think was the name of the house. Uh, uh, Captured. Captured. So we saw a bunch of different icons inside there. So, you know, there's Chance, who's like the Harley Quinn kind of looking one. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Jack the Clown. He's the OG. Yeah, he's he's the classic guy. And so they have tons of tons of people. And so let's dive into it. Let's let's talk about sort of the the upper level, the high level Halloween Horror Nights lore, where do we even begin? So I think you got to begin back in 2000 because that was when they had their first icon. Before that, it was basically like, oh, is there a movie that Universal wants to promote? Like The Mummy 2? Cool. The Mummy is effectively the icon, (laughs) right? Um, And then in 2000, at the end of 1999, they sent out a survey and they were like, what scares you the most? That was the big thing that they did. And clowns came ahead Mm -hmm. like far and away the winner yes so they decided to (laughs) test this by being like hmm well what if we made a clown the center of this event and they unleashed him in florida before the event even started they just dressed up a guy like jack and sent him to sit in a park (laughs) yeah Uh, just a park not even like just a park so not this not their theme park just a normal park yes where families and children i'm trying to figure out where the parks are in florida yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's what i'm trying to figure out Um, there's actually i think a picture of him feeding the ducks (laughs) somewhere on the internet ben look that up find it (laughs) (laughs) i might be wrong it might just be him sitting on a bench and there were ducks who happened to be there but um they were eating something though yeah oh definitely Um, and he tested so well with everybody. He literally broke into radio stations and interrupted broadcasts, yeah. which you cannot do now. No, but no. Um, he was such a rousing success that they were like, oh, maybe like this is a thing we should continue to do for marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jack is kind of where it all started. And it's interesting, especially because there was originally going to be another icon immediately after him, his brother, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem was uh, 9-11 happened and they had to tone down the gore. And when your main guy is a chainsaw guy, mm-hmm. that's just inherently super gory. Yeah. So Jack came back that year and Eddie is considered one of the lost icons. He okay. and uh, Cindy, who is the caretaker's daughter. Caretaker was the next uh, icon that kind of came into being. Real creepy dude. Uh, exhumed bodies, you know, okay. weird stuff with that. I'm not going to go too into detail on that. <laughs> like, like Grave Digger vibes? Exactly. Okay, 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 yeah, it. like a... Bloodborne, freaking, got it. Yeah, okay. very Bloodborne. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And his daughter was supposed to be uh, one of the icons as well, but there were a string of child abductions. Ah, that's so, gotta be so frustrating. Right? Like, all right, yeah. we're gonna do this horror-based thing. Let me play on your fears. Oh, sorry, world event. Horrible. Let's just change everything. <laughs> yep. yeah. We've got to figure this out. So um, she's also considered a lost icon, along with the Terra Queen, who was the icon until she wasn't the icon, and she got her little Terra Queen crown taken away. Aww. Oh no! Now she's just the the Terra what, like princess. I don't know what. What do you? Yeah. When, it, when a queen, Jeff, when it, when a queen loses their crown, what is what is that called? 
Uh, she's just back to Padme, right? <laughs> Padme. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. So how many icons like are there like total just to like bang it out? Because yeah. you said like a bunch, and so yeah. I'm like oh, I'm rapid firing. Oh um, no, please wait. wait so let's get through. We got tons of information to get. We through. have Jack. Uh -huh. We have the caretaker. We have um, Lady Luck. We have the storyteller. We have the director. We have the usher, and. Oh, and chance, mm -hmm. and chance. So seven. seven. Oh, yeah. chance is seven. That's that's yeah. convenient. Well, we saw most of them last year, Jeff. Who the, didn't we wait, see? Really? Yeah, the, the captured one. Oh, and fear. Fear was another icon. He's like the big bad of Halloween horror nights. Only comes out once every twenty years. He's one once of the every twenty. Some Eldridge stuff. This is crazy. so he's come out once yep. then. Yes, he came out once and then again in Captured because the whole theme of Captured was the Lantern, which is actually where they retconned the lore to have started. Um, yeah, and so we, we learned a little bit about the Lantern last year when uh, we, we got to go through a tour and actually like the RIP tour where we got to walk mm -hmm. around and we actually had someone kind of explaining stuff to us. But meanwhile, we were being just visually and verbally assaulted yeah, by all yeah. of the stuff going on during actual Halloween Horror Nights. And so uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Boris Schuster who yes. I don't know was he just something so there, there's a window there's like at Universal Studios Florida there are um like they're they're kind of backlot areas that are dressed to look like different areas and there's a New York area mm -hmm. and there is a private eye it says Boris Schuster private eye I don't know if that window was there and someone for Halloween Horror Nights like a writer was like we should use that name and then develop the lore around a fictional character mm -hmm. who has now become a big part of the night. It's like, do you, do you have any more information on Boris? So I believe that that sign existed well before Halloween Horror Nights did. And okay. it was very much a like, oh, this is set dressing. Um, and they built this thing called the Legendary Truth Collective around him. Uh, this really came to be in Halloween Horror Nights 18, the Bloody Mary one, um, where they were like, okay, great. This was founded by Boris Schuster, the private investigator who has his little place on the street in the backlot area. And he wanted to get to the bottom of this. He was a private investigator and he found all this supernatural nonsense. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, cool. This is now my career, which is exactly what I would do <laughs> if I encountered some supernatural nonsense. Yeah. How do you get paid for that though? Who, pay, right? who pays? Well, it doesn't pay great. Yeah. No. Part of the, yeah. I mean, well, so I've he seen wrote, supernatural. He wrote dime novels oh, about right. it and that's how he ended up paying for it. And that's the house that you guys went through the legendary truth uh, yeah. case files. That's right. Year. Yeah. Which legendary truth. Was it like, there was it was an acronym, right? CF. I forget, I forget what it yeah. was. Anyway, uh, that was the one where so they have a cross from Boris Schuster. So if you're if you're at Universal Studios Florida, if you see the Transformers ride, mm -hmm. if you go to the right of the Transformers ride and kind of cut an immediate right, yeah, there's right, a weird little alley. Yeah, that little alley. Yeah, that I know. Sure, like the like the Blues Brothers <laughs> yes. will play kind of in that alley on the other end mm -hmm. of it. That's where you see the sign. And not only that, across from Boris Schuster is the Kitty Cat Club, mm -hmm. which is a big old like neon sign and it has like flashing lights and stuff. For the uh, the case files unleashed or yes, yeah, so what, yeah, what, yeah, 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 case files unleashed. They actually recreated that sign inside the house, really? like a one to one replica oh, of it. Cool. And we got to go into the Kitty what? Cat Club, which is pretty yeah. cool. And if I'm not mistaken, we are go they're doing a whole house because that was just one bit of a larger house. Right. They're recreating the whole Kitty Cat Club as a whole house this year, right? I don't know if it's the Kitty Cat Club, but there is a 1920s speakeasy filled with witches. Okay. So that is kind of like where I'm thinking it'll either be the Kitty Cat Club or it will be something that probably Legendary Truth would investigate. Yeah, See, that sounds yeah. fun. That, yeah. that type of house sounds enjoyable. It I think you're really... talking about the, the Spirits of the Coven House. Yes, Spirits uh, of the Coven. Which coven. is listed as a coven of beautiful flapper witches coven. who lure you into their 1920s yes! speakeasy. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Beautiful flapper witches. Reveal their haggish That's true cool. form and turn your scream squad into a witch's brew. <laughs> that sounds fun. Also to uh, a list of all of uh, Boris Schuster's like, novels. Uh, in that house that we saw last year was Tears of the Tenement, Murder by Mannequins, Massacre at the Museum, Murder by Mossman, The Lustful Alibi, The Beast Unleashed, and Death by Dolly, I believe were all of them. There's a few others here mm -hmm. listed I, like Case of the Terrible Totems. Yeah, you well. would read all I of those. I don't suppose those novels exist. Yeah, I would love <laughs> No, but I feel like I need to write them now. Yeah, I mean, right? like, please Someone hire should. me. Yeah. Someone should. Oh, man. So, okay. So that's, I mean. Oh, so also, they uh -oh. just announced yesterday, which I went absolutely crazy for, they have a vinyl. Yes, I saw that. going to be the cases that Boris Schuster has gone into, and it will give a little bit more of that backstory and that lore, um, and the Midnight Syndicate is doing music, which they do a ton of music for Halloween Horror Nights in general. Yeah. Um, and I'm... 
really hoping somebody either transcribes them or they put it on Spotify because I do not have a vinyl record player, but I'm seriously considering investing in one just to listen to that. Nice, nice. So you you guys mentioned earlier that, the, that they retconned this to have all started with a lantern. I don't remember yes. that. Could you explain yeah, the, the whole kind lantern of the genesis and the, of this? the icon situation. If you, if you want to get into that, how, <laughs> yes. like, how does that all tie into everything? So like I said, in 20, uh, it was 20 years of fear. And they basically said, oh, the legendary truth got this weird package that had photos with a bunch of symbols. And when they put the symbols together in the right order and kind of built the whole picture, uh, there was huge clap of thunder over the art and design building at the Universal Studios uh, kind of backlot area and a lantern lit up. So the idea was that the legendary truth collective had accidentally unleashed fear. Um, who had been biding his time and kind of waiting. And so they kind of retconned things to be like, yeah, he was whispering in everybody's ears um, before he could fully materialize mm -hmm. that 20 years later in Halloween Horror Nights 20. And basically every single one of the icons was retconned to be a herald mm. of it. And they each represented a different faction of fear. So like Jack was chaos. Um, I think the director was Spectacle. Ben, I think you probably need to look this up because I'm going to embarrass myself <laughs> if I keep trying to guess. Um, and the idea was they were building up this huge torrent of fear that he could then feast on and take mm. over the theme park. Mm. So that was Halloween Horror Nights 20. And that lantern was the facade that you saw in Icons Captured. So that's kind of the premise of it. It's, that's where it started 20 you know years later after the event so, started so the idea was that house was like you going into the lantern exactly okay oh, yeah. okay that's kind of cool bk what 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 would you be the herald of the herald of mischief Ooh. i would be the herald of ramus <laughs> you you set that all up just to make yeah. that yeah, oh, yeah. Just to yeah, make yeah that i feel that used was, yeah <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you. Well, that's funny. I mean, I could I could bring it into it because now I have a question. Yeah. Because there was a Ghostbusters house. And yes. we, we've seen houses like that. There was a Beetlejuice house last year. So it's they, all they, canon in the Lantern universe. That's thing. what I'm curious about. Like, how, how do how do they, how do they fit those sort of like one-off houses? Like, even like this year, they're doing the um, the uh, uh, the weekend house. Yes. Which, looking at so, sort of what they're, they're teasing with that, I could see how that fits in. Because that's much more like just kind of straight up sort of a horror. But how do you fit a Ghostbusters house into the narrative of Halloween Horror Nights or, uh, you know, Halloween? Like these, these houses of characters we've seen and other mm -hmm. media. How does that work? So sometimes it's really well tied into the event. And I, I don't mean to dunk on Universal Studios, but sometimes it just isn't. It just flat <laughs> out is not. Um, and I think that last year is probably a good example of it not quite being so tied in. Um, mm -hmm other than the concept of, oh yeah, these are all of your old favorites that you've seen before. But I will say that in 16, um, which was Carnival of Carnage, it was Jack back as the icon, and he is actually the only reason why they got Freddy Krueger, Jason, yep. and Leatherface. And Leatherface, they actually that is the one it, I went to. They tied it into the lore of that, saying that Jack was building this horrifying vision of his dreams and terror to bring them in. Um, and so that was how they folded it into the story. Okay. That one also, am I tripping? Either I went to one or uh -huh. I went to two. I think that one had a Dead Silence house as well. Yes. Which was also like a popular movie that came out at the time. But like thematically, it was... it. it fit in with the ideas of the horrors my butt has never been so scared before in my life like that clown house like i don't i don't want to go back no clowns i'm so, good so what what's the scariest thing for you is it, is it characters is it clowns is it like being alone is it snakes like jeffrey like well yes <laughs> and snakes, no by the way. there's a lot um i <laughs> i just start with that um but i think the most is like demonic stuff like okay. like possession and i feel like clowns kind of are adjacent to that as well as like doll like horror mm. like they are possessed creatures or like mm -hmm. monsters like things from another realm when they get a little realistic it's like i'm i'm so good like i can't the grudge that is real bro like oh, wow. i'm not oh, yeah. i'm i'm so good <laughs> samara you can have that tv mm -hmm. like i'm out oh man last year they had a house it was the it was the tooth fairy 
And that was actually a, like people didn't like that house. I, I loved thought it was, it. was like, awesome. I, I mean, that was the first house we went into when we when we did our tour, mm-hmm. and I, that one really caught me off guard. I was like, wow, that was really well done. And I love that. It, like it kind of the idea was like you stepped into a fairy tale. So literally, uh, the opening of it as you're walking in was like pages from a book. Oh, how cool! And then it started like black and white, like everything was black and white, and then eventually you kind of like took over. Like the idea was the tooth fairy comes for teeth, and if you don't leave out your teeth, they will then come for that you. Sounds like a oh, movie they'll that take exists. the teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take, yeah. Oh my god! And so it was like these people had masks with like bloody mouths. It oh was... no! Okay, yeah, no, I take it back. Teeth horror, <laughs> teeth horror is the worst. No, uh, uh-uh. oh, for me it's eyeballs every single time because yeah. nobody ever does like a quick eyeball thing it's in a horror. Slow eyeball. It's slow and you have to watch and you can just <laughs> feel it. Ben, ben, you have a you have an answer for something. So I got two things. One, I have a uh-huh. warning for BK. Uh, just watch out when you go to Halloween Horror Nights this year, because last year when I was with Jeff, I told him that my horror fear was like home invasion stuff. So as we walked into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, ho- house, Jeff just walked up behind me and went, good luck. <laughs> and just stared at me the whole time we walked through. But some good info. Uh, the five icons were the five heralds of fear. So Jack the mm-hmm. Clown represents chaos, the caretaker, death. The director, sacrifice, the storyteller, legend, and the usher, vengeance. So those are the five. So if those are the five main icons, then. Yeah, uh, but I you would mentioned say earlier so. there were seven uh, because like fear only shows up every twenty years. Well, it's like oh, lady, technically lady, eight because lady, lady Luck was yeah. uh, for twenty one, obviously yeah. like blackjack yeah. themed, um, and she. Um, I don't know why people aren't super into her. I think maybe the houses weren't as strong that year um, or something. But the idea was she would give you your wish, but make it horrible. Uh, Monkey monkey paw paw style. Exactly. So she was just like, normally when you first saw her, she's this gorgeous redhead in a green dress and she's tempting you into everything. And then she gets real ugly as soon as your situation turns ugly, basically. Just basically like that. My first marriage. And then Chance. So, so how, how come Chance wasn't part of that as well? Like, she when did she pop up? She did not. I think she was a sidekick in Carnival of Carnage, if I'm remembering correctly. Ben is nodding his head. So yeah, she was a sidekick in Carnival of Carnage because there was a stage show where Jack did a murder on a few people. Um, I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> do some murders. You know. Yeah. Um, and she was the sort of Harley Quinn manic energy support cast, and she ended up being an icon much later. I don't remember which year it was, but it was after 20 for okay. sure. So I, so is it, does it then basically just go like on a five-year cycle where like do you get Jack every five years as the, the main icon? Or like how do they, how, how, how well, do they even, determine? Uh, even even yeah. this year, there's year not year. really an icon this year. As far as I can no. tell, it's kind of just a like, it's Halloween is the marketing kind of point because for a while the icons really were a marketing thing and I think yeah. that's also why I'm so interested in it because that's what I do for my day job I do mm. marketing stuff mm-hmm. um Jack's back that was exactly. what you always say Jack's back yeah, yeah. and um I think it really depends on the strength of their IP houses versus the strength of their original houses okay. um if they get a ton of really, really strong IPs, they're probably not going to lean too hard right. into the icons because they want, like, I mean, the weekend is huge, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think that for the big anniversary years, that's when you really tend to see those icons come back through. Yeah, yeah. 31 isn't exactly the biggest, like, well, we're going to go now. <laughs> I mean, 31 days of Halloween, and that's kind that of, is, the, the, uh, yeah. that's the theme behind it. That's why all the scare zones are very traditional, like witches and that's pumpkins true. and trick-or-treating. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Annual Pass. We're going to take one second to tell you a little bit about our sponsor today, which I'm a big fan of. It's 30 Morbid Minutes, and another awesome podcast from Rooster Teeth. Do you ever find yourself awake in the middle of the night reading real-life stories that make your skin crawl, the creepy history behind Victorian nursery rhymes, or tales of sleep paralysis demons? That's horrifying. Perhaps you've seen the haunting images of corpses on Mount Everest, read the last meal request of death row prisoners, or experimented with seances on spirit boards. If you've ever wondered, hey, what the heck exactly is necro-cannibalism? I'm, I'm wondering that now. Then 30 Morbid Minutes is the new podcast for you. Hosted by Elise Willems and Jessica Vasami, each episode investigates a new topic ranging from the macabre to morbid to downright creepy. Source straight from history and the headlines of today. Give it a listen. It's a little bit more intense, so maybe if you got younger listeners, maybe uh, maybe 
I don't know about that one. Maybe give it a listen first and then let them listen to it. But it, it is absolutely fantastic. You can subscribe right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday and Mondays for RT First members as well. So give it a listen. Tell them we sent you their way and enjoy 30 Morbid Minutes. Now, back to the show. All right, so so we we've we've mentioned the icons already, and like mm-hmm. we know, I mean, everyone knows Jack. Everyone loves clowns, yes. and so uh, so we have the main icons, then we have the lost icons, like you said, like you said, like uh, like the Terra Queen was a lost icon. Eddie. Yeah. Uh, let, let's okay. So let's go through kind of just like one at a time, kind of like top level on all the different icons. Obviously, we know we know Jack because yes. we we saw him last year, but like I'm curious about like the director and the usher and all those guys. Yeah, so first it was Jack, Mm -hmm. and then the following year it was maybe going to be Eddie, King of Chainsaws, Jack's brother. 9-11 happened, bad bad news, bad vibes. Um, So then, I believe right around that time, they moved into Islands of Adventure, um, Mm -hmm. and that was when the caretaker first appeared. And the caretaker, gravedigger, really creepy dude with long white hair and a big old (laughs) top hat. Um, And he... uh, the theory was that his house had kind of burned down and his daughter had escaped. So she was going to be the icon for the next year. Mm. Only Cindy Kane, poor Cindy Kane. She's actually been lost twice. She was supposed to be the icon in two separate events. Yes. Um, But, you know, things happened in the real world that made it impossible. Um, So I believe that year they didn't really have an icon. I might be wrong on that. and then in the following years, they were still in Islands of Adventure. And then we had the director, who's mm-hmm. Paolo Ravinsky is his real name. Uh, and his whole thing was he filmed snuff films. And Universal didn't realize that that was what he was doing. Um, ah, and okay. so they hired him to film a horror movie. Uh, and the premise of that Halloween Horror Nights was that you were in his movie. He was, ah, he was you know, killing clever, everybody clever. there. Yeah. So then... Following that, I believe we maybe had a few more back and forths. Um, We had the storyteller, though, who the premise was every single house that was in the park was a story that she was telling to people um, and kind of an experience that somebody had being read a story by her. And, you know, she looks like this nice old lady. And later on, actually, last year in the icons house, they went more into that almost backstory and you saw this really awful like shadow monster where like you see the nice old lady shadow and then she just completely transforms into this horrifying demon yeah that that confused me because i don't remember that from 2005 when i went and now it's like oh yeah she's a she she morphs into something evil and i'm like wait what yeah so So, mm. do we know at what point they realized that they were like did they set out to build a universe of lore uh at halloween horror nights number one or did they realize they had kind of caught fire and people were starting to, uh, I guess, like get attached to the characters and want more? Mm-hmm. And so they then started to retcon and sort of build this out because of audience demand? Or was this a grand plan from day one? Do you know? Definitely not a grand plan from day one. I don't think anything about Halloween Horror Nights for the first one was a grand plan. I think it was mm-hmm. more of an experiment mm-hmm. to kind of see how people responded. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, some people argue whether or not he was actually an icon, but the host of Creep Show actually Creep appeared show. in kind of oh, some of the first ten. The Crypt Keeper, yeah, yeah the Crypt Keeper yeah. was in a couple of them, and it really was more of that like, ah, oh, we have this license, Let's we'll just have it. this character and kind of be the forefront. And like, Jack was the first time they created something super original and built an entire backstory for him that didn't come prepackaged in that IP box. And I think that that's really where it started. And they were like, ah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. And then as things went on and these thing, these icons and these stories and these backstories became so beloved and people were so interested in them, they kind of kept doing it because once you build that story, it's something that keeps people coming back year mm-hmm. after year. Yeah, I think more more so than anything, that's probably it. It's like, the you know, like uh, last year, there were a couple of houses that were literally throwbacks to previous mm-hmm. houses. And we're seeing that more and more where it's like you're seeing elements of older houses or even continuations of houses where it's like, oh, hey, remember that one? This is the sequel to it. And so I, I think it really they're playing up the idea of like bringing like, hey, you went you went this year, come back. Like the Terra Queen was a thing where I was like, oh, my God, I remember her. And now like she came back 15 years later. So I was asking it because it was a as a leading question yeah because i'm 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 kind of fascinated by this by world building in general it's yeah. like my favorite thing uh and it's what i've loved the most of, about what we've been able to do at rooster teeth and uh in our own dumb 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 way uh <laughs> world building is world building it is it's <laughs> it world is. building it's fun it's like you're just breathing life into a, a universe that you create it's so much fun um <clears throat> but 
typically the way this goes in popular popular media is when you create a product mm -hmm. and you it resonates with an audience and then the audience kind of uh I don't know, identifies with it in a way that maybe you hoped for, but you never dreamed of. And then you realize you've kind of caught fire. You expand uh, and expand and explode. And you have uh, Transformer starts as a toy and right. it ends up uh, as a, a, a series of 16 Michael Bay movies now. Uh, <laughs> so have the, the horror icons ever broken out of Halloween horror and appeared in other pop culture? Like, has there is there a plan to make a Jack movie? Or there to have, better be. do they have cameos in other universal films or properties? It just feels like they've got, they've got this clearly uh, very passionate audience mm -hmm. who consumes as much of Halloween horror as they can and looks forward to this event every year and plays the ARGs. And like, mm -hmm. like there is, there's like a real fandom to this thing and Universal is not one to not take advantage of fandom. So uh, have they? They haven't. Uh, and that is, I think this record is really kind of the first transmedia thing that I've seen where there is, they are putting lore out into the world, mm. mostly independent of Halloween Horror Nights, you know? Um, I would die of joy if they had a Boris Schuster movie. I feel like that could be a franchise and a half. Um, I take a series yeah. 100%. Right? Yeah. Like each yeah. episode, anthology series, do it up. Every episode's a different icon, but there's a low key overarching thing to the final episode. Breaks the fourth wall, and it's yep. a story about being in Halloween Horror Nights, and it's real. There you go. Well, yeah. I mean, HBO like, HBO Max, Freddy, get on that. Get on <laughs> it. Let's make it happen. Yes. <laughs> Freddy, Freddy's Nightmares was an anthology style show that barely had Freddy in it, and he was just a framing device, and the storyteller is such a natural fit. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think the, uh, I think Friday the 13th, the series was kind of similar, right? Yeah, it was okay. a haunted antique shop. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, it Obviously. was like, people bought these antiques and then they messed up their lives in some ways it's like needful things it's like you know open up a shop have little stories yeah you know? it, it just seems like it's like it's rife for an animated series similar yes, to anima like the animatrix mm -hmm. you yes know? animatrix mm -hmm. oh, another cool. anthology series yeah exactly and i'm just surprised that they have 31 years of world building and <laughs> Like intense fandom, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I for mean, sure. like the backstory for Jack alone is easily a movie. I mean, our, our friends over at Yesterworld they actually made like a really long documentary all about Jack and like his his sort of forming and everything. If you if you're on YouTube, check it out. It's it's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I I love. Because like when I went in 2005, it was definitely like, hey, we have haunted houses, we have some scare zone, but there wasn't really, it didn't like feel like it was all tied together. Like yeah. you'd kind of like wait in line and they have movies showing kind of spooky out and stuff like that. But now you go and they transform the park. It's like you step into that park after they, they you know, Halloween Horror Nights begins. It's a whole different world. And oh, that yeah. to me was probably the most fascinating thing. Cause like, you know, you, just looking like Mel's, Mel's drive-in is now Mel's die-in mm -hmm. is like, it's like, that's so great. And like this, the noise and like the fog and it's just, the way they do it is spectacular. It's also awesome to watch the transition. If you're in the park, when it goes from daytime to nighttime yeah. and you watch it unveil, yeah, uh, it's really fascinating. Yeah, it's all the lights slowly kick oh, on, the awesome. fire start going. It's and then all the, the scare actors come out. It's just, it's so impressive how they pull that off and the the logistics that go into because the amount of of scare actors and people working in the houses that they must have that are only there for that specific thing is mm -hmm. is incredible. Yep, and it, I, you got to think too. And like Universal is not the only group that's doing this. Right, now. I mean, right. like Sea World has a thing. Even like you know, well, Disney has not so scary, but still, it's like they have additional stuff going on, and so. How many, how many people live in Florida that work in these bars? Yeah. Right? It must be what it would be like to be in a real horror movie story, right? Like yeah. you go to the theme park, you have a wonderful day, you're eating your, right. your churros <laughs> and riding all your rides and the sun sets and then there's smoke everywhere and suddenly there's aliens yeah. poking you with guns and chainsaw dudes running around. It's it's so cool. It's 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 I, I'm I'm I love this stuff. I mean, I love theme parks in general, but mm -hmm. the idea of transforming a theme park into something you're not used to is such a cool idea, and so, and, they, and they've really embraced that. And yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm I, I love the idea. Well, I, I mean, when I went in 2005, they had it at both parks. So literally, mm -hmm. they had probably the creepiest scare zone I've ever seen uh, because at Islands of Adventure, they so now it's mostly focused on the studios. Like they sort of have like a template they just sort of use every year. This year's a little different yeah. because they move the house behind men in black over to fast and furious okay because they thought they weren't gonna be able to use it that's all i'm sure we can talk more about that yeah. but and uh when i went it was at islands of adventure and at one point uh there was a scare zone in the comics area 
And mm-hmm. so, like, the, the, the real fun kind of kitty comics yeah. area, they filled the whole thing with with fog and smoke. And they had, like, these lasers that was, like, a, kind of like a laser wave, maybe about, like, 10 feet up in the air. So it made these, like, clouds of, like, green and red. And then they had scare actors wearing black and white costumes that had, like, long arms. And they were on stilts. Some of them were on stilts. Yep. And they would hide in the fog and just appear in front of you. And it was the most, it was the, the most terrifying thing ever. I want to be the one that's doing the scare. That's, oh, I, I want to be that person. But I always wanted to as a kid. There were like tons of auditions and stuff yeah. like that. And they do it every year because I lived in Florida for a yep. while. Um, <laughs> and I was always so scared because like everyone does it and it's not easy. Yeah. And I was like, well, do you? how do you train for that? Is there a process? Like, is there a school to be a scarer? You have to like, contort your face. That's in what certain I'm saying. Ways. Like, oh, because I'm not good. Mm-mm, that well, would scare so the life out of it's me. It's funny. Um, my my like millionaire win the lottery dream is to open up a haunt myself someday. So nice. I'm really fascinated by the mechanics of it mm. too. And for a lot of people, they actually do scream training. Like like they <laughs> they, they they there are people who will take voice lessons with metal singers yeah. to like be able to scream and properly your vocal cords yeah. exactly and then there are actually some people who will spend all year conditioning for the season so they can like freak out and like worthy. throw their head back and stuff like that it's wild <laughs> i'm not worthy now, jack talked about the scariest scare zone he's experienced has there to your knowledge ever mm-hmm. been a haunted house or a scare zone that was that went too far where they were like okay we're not going to bring that back anymore like that's, we crossed the line or like or not even crossed the line just people were too scared by this thing so we can't we real, just have to leave it real quick before we dive into that we yeah. should explain so that the, there's there's haunted houses which are the mm-hmm. ones you go wait in line for and you go through a house so it's a, like a contained scare area but then the scare zones are essentially in the park mm-hmm. there's certain areas if you walk through it there's just stuff happening so yeah. it's just in the park at all it's times just to fill the gap between haunted house to haunted house exactly yeah. so that's that's what a scare zone is if you're no, it's a immersion jeff okay <laughs> well yeah that's what you're doing you're being immersed yeah. so you don't you go from one haunted house to another you don't have to leave the immersion <laughs> yeah it's yeah. also great for people watching because especially the people who you think are going to be the toughest or who aren't paying attention they get got so good <laughs> it's so wonderful well you gotta figure the targets are like the big burly guys yeah. or like the scaredy cats oh, you know yeah. it's like okay those are the ones we want to go after so no i mean Beaks, we're gonna have fun with you don't wear year. pigtails like i did when i went <laughs> oh no yeah i am I'm gonna be one of those obnoxious people. My boyfriend is six foot seven, um, and we went last year, and boy, they were on him constantly. <laughs> oh, no. But it was amazing because in the um, oh, it's the net haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not expecting the tall man ghost because nothing's ever taller than a dude who's six <laughs> right. foot seven. And so one of them looms out and kind of like takes its claw and almost boops him on the nose. I, that man almost bent over in half and I have never, he's not a flexible guy. So it was fantastic. But to your question, Jeff, I don't think anything has been necessarily like, oh, we can't bring that back other than in the comics area, there was a year where they had maximum carnage where carnage, the supervillain from the Marvel comics. Oh, wow. Like took over awesome. and there were reports. It, it's all very much myth and legend at this point because mm. nobody has any pictures of like beheaded superheroes and like like iconics. Marvel was not happy to say the least. And this was even <laughs> pre-Disney. So uh, that one will never be coming back oh, wow. ever. I like, was going to say, it's funny because like, I, I was like, oh, I want to bring up my favorite house and then we can talk about that for you. But yeah. my favorite house I've ever been on was during that year in 2005, they had a biker bar. It was the coolest thing ever. It was like the out, so it was dressed up to look like a bar from outside. So you were waiting in line like to go into this bar, and they had this one prop out front. It was like this guy over a barrel, and he was just vomiting as the barrel. And he'd be like, oh, and just like throw up into it, and it was keep doing that over and over and over again. But you went inside, and it was like an actual bar. So they had a bartender, and she would like yell at you and stuff. And they had like like a band playing or something. You went through the toilets, and they were all disgusting, and it just smelled horrible. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, at the end, I think it was like the devil was at the end. It was like this big dude with red wings. This it was is your favorite house. It was so cool. It was such an awesome <laughs> that, house. That's the one. Yeah, absolutely. Jack's like, oh, it got thrown up outside. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Late bartender yeah, yelled hey, at you. I have, really I have good news for you. Friday night, you can just go to Sixth Street and have yeah, the exact that's same right. What's up, Ben? Uh, I just I looked at the details on the Maximum Carnage Horror House. Uh, just for details, villains such as Zorn, Scream, and Mephisto appeared throughout the house attempting to Ooh, slaughter Mephisto. guests. Mephisto! Yeah. The Punisher, formerly an extremist vigilante waging a one-man war on criminals, wields a flamethrower at the exit. Infected with Albert Kane's darkness, oh he joins God. the caretaker and Carnage to burn as many people alive as he can. 
One room featured many laser pointers, pointers pointed at guests, representing the supervillains using them as target practice. <laughs> yeah. After the event ended, Marvel got angry with Universal, saying that if kids came to the event and saw all of their favorite superheroes dead, they would stop buying Marvel comics because they would think that the superheroes were dead for real. What yeah, year was that? That is true. Because of this, Universal has never had a Marvel-themed house or scare zone again. Yep. Well, what, what year was that? Can you tell? Uh, let me. It looks like it was 2002. Oh, wow. So wow. that would have been early, like the yep. second or third big year. I think Marvel Zombies would be a good house, though, and that's canon for what if. So maybe uh. we'd see something like that come well, back. I think, unfortunately, because the mouse now has control of oh, Marvel, yeah, we're yeah, not going to see there. We're not going to see any big agreements. Girl can hope. Yes. For reference, the houses this year are, we've mentioned it before, The Weekend, Halloween, uh, a bloom house, uh, like twist that features a black phone and I believe freaky, freaky. Mm -hmm. uh, Wolfman versus Dracula versus nice. the mummy. Yeah. Uh, Spirits Sick. of the Coven, Bugs Eaten Alive, uh -uh. <laughs> uh, Chupacabras, Hellwalk yeah. Horror, Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake, and Descend Descendants of Destruction. This and then the five scare zones are Horrors of Halloween, Scarecrow Curse Soil, Sweet Revenge, Graveyard Deadly Unrest, and Conjure the Dark. So are there any icons? No. I mean, so Little Boo would be like yeah. the one icon. <laughs> yeah. Little Boo is the love of my life. Um, it's a tiny little pumpkin that... I think has appeared a few times, like a few events, but last year everybody took pictures of it. It was in this big tunnel entrance to um, the, oh my gosh. Wicked, wicked Growth. Yeah, with, to Wicked Growth, the pumpkin house. Um, and people took pictures because it's this really cute little tiny pumpkin. And this year they're kind of putting the pumpkin lord on a lot of marketing, but he's not technically an icon. Okay. Um, they did something similar way back when with the patient where he was never an icon, but he was featured super heavily in all of the marketing. Um, Little and Boo's adorable. I'm showing photos of yeah, Little Boo. It's so cute. Yeah. Apparently, Little Boo started as a joke tweet uh, from a team member previews for the year's Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Orlando and exploded into an internet sensation. Yeah, Incredible. so apparently it was like they were doing they, they were doing team member previews, like showing off the houses and stuff, and someone took a selfie with Little Boo behind him and said, this is my favorite, he's mine. And then they tweeted that, and then Universal, or Halloween Horror Nights has a great Twitter account. Oh, yeah. They're very, very snarky on their oh, Twitter awesome. account. But they just responded with, that's Little Boo. And that, oh, was, that was it. And that's it. And that became a thing. And then, like, they ended up taking Lil Boo and, like, putting him in, like, the big, like, medallion at the park as you went mm -hmm. in. And, like, it just became this running thing. And it sort of went viral. And I got to give Universal credit because they kind of leaned into it. They're like, that's oh, awesome. Let's have fun with it. As opposed to, like, you know, now, you know, like, they're they're kind of, hopefully they're not going to go too over the top with it. Like, this year, I think, is maybe the Lil Boo year because, yes. again, they don't really have an icon. So it's like... Let's have fun with it, but I don't imagine, you know, Lil Boo will continue being huge in the park. It's not going to be the Baby Yoda of Halloween yeah, Horror Nights where no. they just, like, slap Lil Boo on everything. <laughs> it's like, we got Lil Boo. It's like, no, 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 let's just do it once, Reel and then in. we're sort of done. So. so I have three questions. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, one, mm -hmm. what was your favorite house? Oh, man, that's tough. I love the haunting of Hill House. I really, mm. really did. I feel like if you're gonna take an IP and put it into a house, that is the gold standard for how you do it every single time. Like yeah. it, the scares all hit. It was really well designed, and I felt like I was in Hill House. Okay, cool. That's, cool. Okay. Yeah, th that, That's that, how that, I felt about Wicked Growth, actually. Yeah, Wicked Growth and, and Bride of Frankenstein, for that yeah. matter. Yeah, I think Bride of Frankenstein told the coolest narrative. Yeah. I mean, Beetlejuice was great because I grew up on Beetlejuice, and I love I mean, it was That's basically awesome. walking through the oh, movie. so jealous. But Haunting of Hill House had that the pitch black area. That was probably the most freaked out I was at at all, all of Halloween Horror Nights. Like, anytime I don't know where I need to go and I can't see anything. Yeah. So there was a whole bit where literally it was just darkness and it was just noise around you well and so what they did is it's like a sound sound blackout room too so all you could hear was the sound that they were pumping in yeah. it was like you walk in and it's silent and then you step in a little further and it's the scene where one of the kids is stuck in the the little you know dumb waiter <laughs> area and so you you walk into the kitchen and you hear the person screaming at the top yeah and then you actually hear the person <gasps> really screaming like you're stuck in the dumb waiter too yeah it, it was it, very effective that, that was probably the, mo the most uneasy i was at all of halloween horror nights last year but i think wicked growth so wicked growth there was a point where you're walking through like it's supposed to be like outdoors and there's a fence next to you <sighs> uh-huh but you couldn't tell the fence was actually like these rubber things it wasn't wood <laughs> yeah. and so like a scare actor would burst <laughs> oh, through, through it the yeah. yes <laughs> 
way it looked like wood. It was like, oh my gosh. Did it scare you? No, I didn't scare you. It was but it was awesome. awesome. Okay. It was, many things scared me. I'm yeah. not brave, but okay. it was just it was just really cool. Yeah, there, I think they did that that's once awesome. or twice in that house, but yeah. nowhere else, which yeah. is a little surprising. Like that's such an effective scare. Well, I, I feel know. like if you use it too much, though, everybody expects yeah. that. Like nowadays, everybody expects a boo hole where you're walking down a hallway and you're kind of looking to your left and your right yeah. to see if there's any little cutouts that somebody's gonna like take a window down and like scream at you. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think it's like the uh, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had a bunch of those. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, that so, was probably one of my favorites. I yeah. had two. The Texas Chainsaw when I went, I don't know. I was one terrified of the chainsaws. That was the reason why I didn't want to go. Were you I, familiar with the movie? At yes. That point? Okay. I was big, I, and then that was the year where they had all of the movies. So I was really excited because I knew everybody there. Like I knew Freddy. I knew I. I knew Leatherface, but not to mention the scare zones of people walking around with chainsaws. Like I thought I'd be desensitized. They go in and they do like the scene at the end with the sheets. Yep. I think it was more based off of the remake than mm. the original. But that's a really iconic scene in the in the remake. And there were like four big broly guys looking like Leatherface. <laughs> and when the sheets move, they had timed it where they would disappear and reappear. Bro, I was so excited because I knew the character. My friend, who was stone cold the whole day, sprinted to the end from that scene. <laughs> I ain't never seen her move so fast in my life. You know, if you're a big uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, we mm. can take you to where they, huh? to the house. Yeah, it's, yeah. To the it's actual like, house? It's like, it's like 10 miles like, away. It's not that far. Yeah. It's a That's west haunted. Of, Northwest of Austin. I have fun, absolutely I'm not. A, I used to drive by it all the time when I was in the army Jeff? and I'd have to go from Austin to yeah. uh, Copper's Cove. I'm a black woman. I am not going there. <laughs> You'll be safe. You'll lose <laughs> Jack and I. That's, That's what they true. all yeah. say. Well, we'll be it pushing it in front of us. So yeah. fine. We're in an era of deconstructionist horror, so you will be safe. <laughs> yeah. Because That's where you're, you're right, right. guys. Right. Yeah. Plus, you're, yeah. with, you're with two middle-aged white dudes with beards. There's nowhere we can't go safely on our <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, and you it, can definitely outrun them, I think. <laughs> you know what? Oh, yeah, easily outrun Just Jack. sacrifice yeah, it. Yeah, you can sprint. <laughs> Take them. They have more flesh. Yeah, I'm trying to say, but of the three of you, I think PK has the big final girl energy for this thing. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. Absolutely. Jack and I both have one foot in the grave already yeah um, <laughs> so second question are you going this year no i'm not as far as i know um if, if i can find good plane tickets and mm. i can find good hotel stuff that's i would love to go but it definitely i splashed out i did like the rip tour and all the behind the scenes stuff last year because it was a banner year and this year i was like uh i should probably like save, save some yeah money. no that's a that, that stuff adds up pretty quickly oh my sure. god once you do the rip tour it ruins you for everything i'm yeah. sure it's the similar for you guys at mm -hmm. like rtx where you just get to walk in and there you don't ever have to wait in a line and you're just delivered and you get to go first i'm like hello peasants <laughs> yeah, yeah the there's like a guy who's like now we're gonna take you to this haunted house and then we're gonna. Here's the backstory. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So the, the RIP tour basically is a guided tour where you're actually you have a literal tour guide who has maybe about 10, 15 people who he'll take around or he or she will take around to the actual house. Like they'll walk you right to the front. You go in. You don't wait in line. You get in ahead of the express passes. Yeah. You, they literally set you in, and then like when you get insane. out there, they're waiting for you at the end. They take you to the next house. They have like we got to go to like private lounges and hang out. We got to see we got to see cops arrest people for fighting yeah, behind the that scenes. Was, that was we got to do a lot of that. Oh, the yeah. lines are wild yeah. there. But we yeah. we got like VIP seating at the uh, not it was a wildfire. stage show. Uh, what did uh, uh, you think uh, of the stage show? Oh my gosh! I so I grew up um, doing musical theater and stuff, and yes. I do ballroom dance. And so anytime there's a dance show, I'm super in. I know I'm probably <laughs> the minority at a lot of Halloween horror nights, but it was a magic show, and it was a dance show, and it was a contortion show, and oh, it was a pole sick. show. Music. I just fire. it was incredible. They started off with the Steve Aoki uh, remix of Black Parade, oh and I was like, gosh. Oh my god, I'm in. Yeah. I, I think my soul left my body <laughs> and didn't return until I was walking out of the stadium, and I was like, I just had a spiritual experience. Yeah. That that, was, that, that replaces the uh, the uh, uh, Bill and Ted show. Yes. So okay. like Bill and Ted, you know, obviously the, the classic characters from the 80s and 90s, like they can't, they would do a stage show where basically them it was them riffing on pop culture. So it was like pretty much anything big in pop culture. They had like a 30 minute stage show. Well, it was just them kind of like goofing around, having fun with it. And it was apparently, I mean, I, ne I never got to actually see yeah. any of the shows, but apparently they were fantastic. And this was sort of the like the new replacement for us. Like we're doing a new thing. Bill and, so, and Ted who? That thing, <laughs> I would have I paid. Alex Winter was involved with almost all of them too. I, yeah. well, what else is he doing i would have paid i would have paid the entire well we didn't have to pay anything because the, we universal were, is very kind yeah, they were kind to us but i would have paid the whole ticket 
uh, the RIP tour ticket, whatever it costs, just for the stage show. You know, there is yeah. a sequel. So there, there's a sequel this year to the stage show. It's the same oh, same performer going, right? I hope so. Was I mean, it like always the stage show because I have this weird memory of seeing Rocky Horror Picture Show. They there. also had that. Okay. Yeah. So they've gone through a few different shows and variants and stuff like that for I think a good five or six year stretch they did have a Rocky Horror Picture Show Which tribute awesome. and then <laughs> oftentimes that would be alongside an icon show um, okay so Jack definitely had a big, big icon, icon show, show. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so last year's show that the name of it is Halloween Nightmare Fuel Nightmare, mm. Nightmare. Yeah, yeah this year it's Halloween Nightmare Fuel Wildfire oh that's god and oh, just that's the, the description is the show that sparked a firestorm last year is ablaze with a new nightmare the pyro and aerial performers are back to reignite your fears I want to yeah. go just to see you see it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 it's so cool you're gonna be like just melting in your seat it's, oh my god like it's it's one of those things where they say that they're like the show is overwhelming and the fact that you don't know where to look there's oh, just okay, okay. so it's much stuff like seeing... happening. Like you can watch like the two guys in the background are having yeah. a whole story that, you know, <laughs> you you will miss if you're looking at the woman next to you who's like bent into a pretzel. It's like, what? It's, it's very much like watching Cirque du Soleil where you realize okay, you're like, I had to see it three ask. or four times because I missed so much. Mm -hmm. uh, my third question was, so what's going on in the other Universal Studios? Are they replicating this? Do they have their own flavor? Do they have their own distinct and unique haunted houses and scare zones? Yeah, because like, Hollywood does it. We, I know yeah. that for sure. Apparently Japan does it as well. So Hollywood is definitely more steeped in the IP tradition, I would say. They lean more, they have way fewer houses, so they typically have fewer originals. Um, and they don't really do the icon stuff, um, mm, which yeah. I think is a missed opportunity. Um, in the parks abroad, there are definitely, I think Jack has actually made it over to a couple of them. I believe in Japan, he maybe made an appearance. Hmm. Um, oh no, it was the director and it was in Singapore. Oh, um, wow. Singapore is also has their own icons and I believe Japan actually does too. Um, they're newer events. Um, and so they kind of have learned from what Florida has done and mm -hmm. they're like, hey, icons. But what I think is really, really interesting, especially about Singapore is they always do one haunt every single year that's based on folklore from Asia, oh, anywhere wow. in Asia. Um, so there's <laughs> one house that they did where it there are basically paper houses that you build as tributes to the dead. Yeah. Um, and you are walking through one. They have wow. recreated it life-size and it is being burnt as you are in it. Oh, wow. So that was the theme of it. Um, and so they're definitely more on that aspect and they lean way more into the cultural mainstays there. They mm. don't really do the IP houses quite so much. That sounds That's awesome, cool. right? <laughs> oh my gosh. For reference, uh, Japan's houses this year are Street Zombies, uh, Biohazard the Extreme, which Biohazard. is Resident Evil, yes. yeah. uh, Universal Monsters, Legends of Fear, Cult of Chucky, Chucky's Hospital Ward of Madness, uh, <laughs> Zombie to Dance, Sherlock Holmes, The Curse of the Rose Sword, and Rat-Tat-Tat plus Hollywood Dream, The Ride. Oh, I want to uh, do a Sherlock Holmes one. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Zombie to Dance? Is it a zombie pop idol? The uh, icon I'm seeing here is literally looks like a bunch of zombies and someone just having the time of their life dancing in front of them. So. Amazing. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's go to Japan. Yeah. Are, Sign me up. Are there any uh, Are there any houses that you like are on your like pie in the sky like I wish they would make this? Like You're a horror fan, yeah. it sounds like. So is there anything that you've always wanted to see? I so I have one IP one um, and this is totally I, I know everybody says the ending of this movie is terrible but Signs was the first horror movie yes. that ever scared okay. me yeah. ever what and was there terrible about the end of that movie it's the CGI people get caught up on it yeah. I loved it I, as a kid there are so much you could do with the cornfields yes. that you yeah. could do with the cupboard mm -hmm. like there are so many under the door, yeah. so many scenes having the the TV with the like still figure as a distraction while somebody else pops out at you mm -hmm. I mean I think that it would be really Joaquin Phoenix hanging out with a yeah, bat. Exactly. Joaquin Phoenix alone is scary enough. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I would love to see them do something with Nope. Oh, I don't yeah. know exactly how they would do yeah. it, but that was well. We, well, we they have the backlot. Yeah, they yeah. Have it to that. They, they have Jupiter's Claim out in Hollywood, where they actually have like a little bit. Oh, where, right, you yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's. I mean, watching it is kind of like uh, it's just some sort of scary noises. They don't really do a whole lot with it, but yeah, they they did a us house, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. Oh, did they really? Probably yeah. freaky as hell, yeah, but, man. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's so. got to be a lot of work to go and find doppelgangers for everybody that goes right? to the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they did a lot of, of mannequins in oh, that okay, one that where sense. it was like, you don't know if they're a mannequin or if they're a person. Oh, that's freaky. So, the worst. Oh. 
I have like a thousand. I have Oculus. That's the one with the mirror. Ooh, yeah. That, or, oh no, is that the name of it? Yeah, Oculus. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I would also love Poltergeist. I think that would they be awesome. They did that one. I, and you actually oh, you it. walk in through the swimming pool. No way! Oh, yes. that's really awesome. yeah. So cool. Oh, that's cool. They didn't move the bodies, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> they just moved the headstones. <laughs> and then I would love to do like uh, something maybe more like lighthearted. So I would kill for like a Nightmare Before Christmas Ooh. or like a Coraline house mm. so like seeing all of the like stop motion but being real like life maybe cell shaded oh, on cool. things would be so awesome Coraline think, would be cool okay, you know what jeff you might be the only person who knows this movie but like a fire in the sky movie oh, oh my god aliens like, have always freaked scary. me out yeah oh, too my god. scary like you start in the forest and you end up getting like taken to a no. ship like oh yeah, that would be no. so cool Ah, oh, man, alien abduction. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I like alien abduction. Have you seen Fire in the Sky? I have not. Oh, it's freaky. Ooh, I'm so going to watch it this so weekend. Scary. It's it's based on a true story, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it is stop. based on a true story. Stop. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't say that. It is based on an account from yeah. a person. Yes. 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 <laughs> so Who knows how true it is? But. Man. Well, D.B. Sweeney, right? Wasn't D.B. Sweeney in that? God, I, I haven't seen it in ages. Yeah. Ben, look it up. Was D.B. Sweeney in Fire in the Sky? <laughs> <laughs> I need to we know. We need ben, to know. Ben Lexa. So, I okay. also love the Mothman house. I love cryptids. And I just feel like they could do a good spin on it because if they well, can make the tooth fairy scary they can make they anything scary true. and they do have the chupacabra this year which yes. is kind of sort of a cryptid I mean, it is a it cryptid, is a cryptid yeah. Yeah. In the crypt. so we gotta get our red web our red web friends out to talk about that yeah. we should do that as a matter of fact I think we're doing it next week what uh, teaser for next episode you Ooh. know we tried to do a chupacabra thing but it never it never materialized no yeah it was a, there was when we did a uh, not to get off topic but we did a, a ghost hunting show oh, for yeah. two seasons where we went around the world and hunted for ghosts uh, and we're very good at it and found lots <laughs> of mm-hmm. compelling data. They're, they're not real. Uh, not turns real. out they were. Turns out they are real and mm-hmm. Jack, Jack's just a dummy. Uh, but the my initial pitch for the show when I pitched it to the company to get the funding for it was that we just take Gavin and we in his underwear and we put him in a field in South Texas and we cover him <laughs> in pig's blood and we just film it to see if a chupacabra comes. <laughs> We never got to do that. Yeah, I mean, you can still make that happen. I'd love to. Yeah, it's just like snipe hunting. That's how I Here's sold Chupacabra. That's Here's how I, Chupacabra. That is how I sold the show internally. That's... And then we know ne- that and Barry Gavin alive. And we never got to, we got to do one. We Barry Gavin alive. That was yeah. fun. Oh God. Man. So what, what house are you most excited for this year? Either from a narrative standpoint yeah. or just in general? God. Well, Spirits of the Coven. Like that is just, it's everything I like. It's witches. It's 1920s. Mm-hmm. Bugs eaten alive conceptually mm. they've never done anything like that before yeah. and i need to see how they make it happen because yeah. it's, it's also like the like 1950s house no. of the future kind of thing yeah, gone yeah. wrong and i always love those that's great any anytime you have x gone wrong it's always a blast oh, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. let's take this happy thing gone, gone wrong. wrong it's like <laughs> that'll be a good time that'll be a good time yeah, it's like the horror version of gone wild yeah. <laughs> like gone wrong <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm very, very excited for this year's Halloween Horror Nights. And so what if someone's going to Halloween Horror Nights for the first time this year? What What is some stuff they can look into to see how it connects to previous stuff? Like, is there anything they can keep? I mean, obviously, Boris yeah. Schuster, like, go check out the window and everything in the Kitty Cat Club. But is there anything maybe at the park or in the, in the houses they should be looking for that might harken back to some of the older stuff? I don't know about the houses, to be honest. Because um, okay. usually, like... If there's a house that's set in scary or Cary, Ohio, which is another thing that pops up constantly mm-hmm. throughout, right? Like they usually say that in the description. Um, so that's what I would ha- usually have people look look into. Look okay. But in the scare zones, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of older props and kind of costumes because a lot of them are themes that they've used in the past. Like Wicked Growth is pumpkins. Horrors of Halloween is going to feature a lot of pumpkins. You know, all of that good stuff. Um, so I'm not actually super sure how the lore okay. is going to tie in this year, but I desperately want people to do recaps and blog posts on the Behind the Screens tour <laughs> and tell me everything that I've missed. Like, so, that's uh, my and, goal. It, and it will tie in. We know that it oh, will yeah. tie in. That's exactly. The cool thing. You mentioned Cary, Ohio. I, I remember when we did our RIP tour, we got a kind of got like a little uh, explanation of the, the history and of the tie to Cary, Ohio. Well, there was wel- Welcome to Scary, I think, was yes. the name of the house last Horror year. Horror in yeah. the Heartland. Yeah. And as a Midwesterner, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> and so that was something where one of the designers was from Ohio, right? They were from, or they were from some yeah. like sort of Midwest kind 
kind of small town and they sort of just started developing houses around this. I don't know. Is Carrie a real place or is that? It is. Um, okay. And it actually started before Carrie. There was the Willamette Valley, um, which is where the caretaker's house was. And in Ohio. Carrie, Ohio is in Willamette, yes. Willamette Valley. And the eclipses. Like, what's yep. next? <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. Um, and they just needed a small town that weird stuff could plausibly happen in. Um, and she said, well, I'm from Carrie, Ohio. So let's use Carrie. And so it's appeared over and over oh, wow. and over again. And it even crosses over with Legendary Truth because the Wyandotte estate is where the Spirit Seekers, which only appeared in one Halloween Horror Nights, uh, all went missing. They were like, this is our first investigation. It's going to be amazing. And it was for people walking through the house, but maybe not for them. Uh, oh, they no. disappeared completely <laughs> afterwards. Oh, uh, so the Spirit Speakers division of Legendary Truth is no more, but the Wyandotte estate is in Wyandotte County, which is where Cary, Ohio is. Ah. Mm -hmm. Now, now one, one last thing. Um, I know when I, back in 2005, they did an ARG. So it's an alter, yes. er, an, uh, altered reality game, alternate Al reality. Uh, augmented? Augmented reality game. I think yeah. it's alternate. Is it Al alternate? Alternate reality game is the first alternate? thing that pops up. Yeah. Alternate yeah. reality game. So basically it's like they did stuff on the website and they did stuff just, they, they, just told a story okay. it was like a game mm -hmm. where if you were paying attention if you went to the website clicked on certain things sure. it would take you to new areas okay and the way Neopets. it worked was I mean, <laughs> the, the way it worked <laughs> sort of. was there was all this hidden stuff and if you followed the clues it would lead to something uh -huh. and then what they did for 2005 was they actually had a location to go to at a certain time and what happened when uh when you, people went there was they basically took these people and they gave them robes and they got to be part of the opening of Halloween Horror Nights. Awesome. So they had like people dressed up like monks what? and all of those people were the people who completed the ARG, which is yeah. such an awesome way right. to do it. I don't know what else happened to them, but I know I think that nobody happened? does. They, <laughs> yeah. they were never, never seen, seen again. Never actually. Seen the again. Terra Queen yeah. needed, you know, her sacrifice. Yeah. So. But I mean, like stuff like that is, but it's, I feel like they've been doing stuff like that. Have you been, have you been a part of any of that or have you followed any of that stuff? No, because a lot of what happens in the ARGs, like I, I clicked through the websites, you know, I would look at the forums, but ultimately it all culminated in the park okay. um, because a lot of it was actually test beds for new technologies within the park. So they did a huge thing where you scanned RFID chips, like you got a legendary truth badge that you'd have in the park and they'd have stations where you could scan it and then things would happen and you could earn points. Um, in 22, they had this whole faction thing where that's like the super deep lore. You'd probably need like another two hour podcast to talk <laughs> about um, where there were all these different legions that represented the different types of monsters and you could pick a legion and earn points for them. And if you participated enough in some of these one year, they actually brought you in to do a uh, VR experience to what? test out VR for the park. Oh, oh um, wow. So not only is it a really cool thing for people who are fans to partake in, it's amazing market research for the biggest fans of the event that you have going so did, so what did we miss last year do you know what happened last year for that kind of stuff or were they still kind of because of covid sort of not doing it full full bore i think probably because of covid they weren't really doing it as much um and i think also it's just a lot harder to do now because flash is dead so a lot of the <laughs> websites that they would have like aren't really a thing and they have corporate overlords who are a little more stringent about what websites look like and then I think there's a huge opportunity with Discord, but that requires a lot of community management, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. So I think it might be a little while before we see them step their toes back in as kind of technologies and times have changed. Yeah, it, it certainly feels like Halloween Horror Nights has always been like the forerunner for everyone else. Like mm -hmm. it seems like all these other you know groups that do sort of scary stuff have been looking at Universal and how they pulled it off. And so, oh yeah, man, I, I, I'm excited for the future of Halloween Horror Nights because we have Epic Universe opening up in a couple of years and it's a question of like, maybe do they move it down there? It's this new park um i've heard rumors that they might do it across both like universal studios and islands of adventure wow, again like really awesome. just expand it make it bigger there, there's so many cool things coming up and i think the next the, the, this upcoming decade is going to be a, a good year for, Don't uh, for decade, haunt fans. Jack. you're making me feel old okay oh, please <laughs> okay so as a final recap what what is the 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 you know the survey of the lore of halloween horror nights what should people keep their eyes open for if they go visit the park this year Yes, so I think uh, there will probably be nods to the icons here here and there, and by icons I'm talking, you know, Jack, the director, the storyteller, the usher, maybe even some of the hidden icons or the lost icons like Cindy or Eddie. Um, Carrie, Ohio, if it doesn't make an appearance, I'm gonna be very surprised. It's appeared <laughs> in so, so, so many of them before. Um, and then in general, the legendary truth. I mean, they're a big investigative force and they're a huge banner for the fandom itself. So 
I can imagine that Legendary Truth or Schuster and some wonderful investigative kind of nonsense is going to be happening. Uh, and of course, keep an eye out for Lil Boo as well. Oh, yes. Lil Boo. Uh, <laughs> the greatest icon in my heart for Absolutely. Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, you ready to go back to Florida and go to Halloween Horror Nights 31? Yeah, I told you, Woo! dude, after last year, irrespective of this podcast, uh, I'll go every year. Yeah, we we, we gotta we gotta schedule, schedule depending on we gotta yeah. schedule our trip. I mean, yeah, so Halloween Horror Nights goes up until I think October thirty first this year. I think it ends on the thirty first. Usually, like they maybe it give you a day or two in, in November, but I think it ends on the thirty first. So yeah, we gotta plan our trip. We gotta All plan right. our trip. And so, uh, Mally, we'd love to have you back at some point. Maybe yeah, you know, talk absolutely. about next year's experience or, you know, what we saw and kind of you could explain what the heck we were looking at. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Mally, for joining us today. And so, uh, you know, this is the portion of the, the episode where I ask you a question of the audience and then you guys answer during our live stream. Speaking of which, our next live stream is the 14th of September. So go over to roosterteeth.com or youtube.com slash annual pass. Watch our live stream on the 14th of September. It's at 2 p.m. Central time until about 4 p.m. Uh, I'm still working on my Lego. I've Jeff. made tremendous progress on the puzzle last time. We'll, we'll continue. Yeah, and, and so Beaks, you'll be there. Hopefully, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll see. And you, I'll help. You can you can get on the laptop answer the questions. Puzzle. You'll, you'll answer, help with the puzzle? Yeah, not, not the Legos. I could use the help. That'd be okay. great. I'll just nice. sort the pieces. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so we ask, and then we go through all the questions we've asked the previous episodes, and we pick some winners, and we send you an autographed park map, theme park map. And my question for you this time, we may have asked this last year when we did Halloween Horror Nights, but what Halloween Horror Nights house do you want to see? What is your either IP-based or original one? Explain to us what your ideal Halloween Horror Nights house have you had whatever any budget doesn't matter your heart's content or heart's extent i don't know whatever it's mm -hmm. let us know what your your halloween horror nights would be halloween horror nights house would be in in you're the future killing it right now. i'm falling apart you're doing a great job <laughs> i'm so excited to go back out and check out halloween horror nights so but uh but yeah like, and, and then go over to roosterteeth.com answer in the the comments of this episode and we'll go through during our live stream and pick some winners and send you guys a park map so but uh that's gonna do it for us today make sure to follow us on all of our social media stuff annual underscore passover on twitter and on instagram and we are annual pass pod over on TikTok again. We got a bunch of new stuff coming out soon. We've got some new merchandise store.roosterteeth.com. Pick up a shirt. We got all of our spooky shirts coming out. It's spooky times for uh, you know. It's we're coming into October. They have Christmas stuff at Costco right now. What already? Yeah, oh, they have Christmas trees at Costco Bro, right it now. Is yeah, they do. September. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. We're we're not getting into, into Christmas stuff for a while, <laughs> but uh, but what we're gonna we're gonna focus on the spooky for the next couple of months. Mally, so. do you have uh, any social media or any uh, anything you'd like to promote on your way out? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not super active on Twitter, but you can find me at M-A-L-L-I-E-F-E, -E, the number two, the letter O, the number three. Um, that's, that's my Twitter. Rolls and off the I tongue. tweet about horror stuff. Uh, yeah. I imagine if people are watching this episode right now and going there, they're probably looking at you responding to all the Halloween Horror Night stuff coming <laughs> yeah, out at this yeah. point. So that's I gotta get blessed. more active on there just to like you know participate <laughs> a little bit more we gotta, we gotta find one of those records i want one of those records oh that's gosh, that's all yes. i want yeah you really you really excited jack with that yeah yeah i heard that our jack not the clown jack <laughs> our I jack's mean, a bit sure, of a clown too but in a different way i'm yeah. sure jack the clown is pretty excited about halloween horror nights <laughs> <laughs> awesome well uh, jeff do you feel like you learned anything today i do bk do you feel like you learned anything today <laughs> yes yes I love Jack. You guys. Did you learn anything today? Yeah, always. what did you learn? Great. Always, always. I learned about the lantern. I learned about, I did learn yeah, about the legendary. Lantern. Yeah, we truth. all learned about the lantern. Why are you bragging about it? <laughs> Thank you so much for watching, everyone. We love you again. Please tell your friends about Annual Pass. Spread the word. Spread the love. We're trying to grow this podcast as much as we possibly can. Watch us over YouTube.com/slash Annual Pass. We love you. Stay safe and have a happy Halloween Horror Nights. Bye, everyone. Bye. See ya.